Before we jump into this episode of the podcast, I want to go ahead and say thank you to Restless Harp Music, who left a nice review on iTunes. It says, Rick Barker is not only extremely knowledgeable about the changing music industry, but incredibly generous in sharing his knowledge with artists who want to learn how to grow their careers. His podcast is a great source of information, wisdom, and encouragement for artists and entrepreneurs, and artists who just found out were also entrepreneurs. Tuning into the podcast always lights a fire under me when I get stalled. Thanks so much, Rick. Well, thank you so much, Restless Heart Music. If you'd like to be featured on an episode of the podcast, just leave a review on iTunes. And today we're going to talk about the tools that are available to you for running your own record company. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So joining me today uh, on the podcast, I'm super excited about this episode because as we start continuing to shift as you as the independent artist, being you are your first record company, your first publishing company, marketing arm, so on and so forth, I wanted to reach out to Kevin Bruner. Many of you know Kevin in his role with CD Baby, you know him. Uh, as also a band member, but if there's a music conference going on in the world and they're talking <laughs> about digital distribution, usually according to his Instagram page, Kevin is there. So <laughs> Kevin, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with us today. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about the role of the distribution company, uh, why it's so important, why CD Baby has been investing what they've been investing in acquiring other companies and technologies and things like that. Because we had a conversation a couple of years ago at the DIY Musician Conference where you said, we are focusing a lot of our attention on the label services side. I know Tracy said that. I know you said that. Explain a little bit about what that means from CD Baby's point of view. And then I want to dive into a couple of the different opportunities that people have to get their music out to the world that they may not even know exist right now. So help us out a little bit. Why label services? Well, sure. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Always. Um, yeah. So basically there's this, uh, this trend that's happened, you know, as independent artists have gotten more successful and become a bigger slice of the overall market, there's been this need for the, I would say the artist that has a growing career, maybe moving to a mid-tier level, the artist that still wants to maintain their independence, but does need to start building a team and has some bigger needs or maybe just bigger opportunities that might be available to them. 
so for us, we've typically seen those artists leave and go sign record deals only to come back and say, man, that was a terrible experience. I wish <laughs> right. you guys did this. In many cases, we did have some people in place that could provide some of those extended services for them. So we've built out a team more so, and we're, and we're starting to figure out how to message that out to our user base and, and, and include that in the CD Baby messaging because it's not services that are available for everybody. Sure. And you know, we don't want people to feel left out, but it's really the idea that we want artists to be able to continue to grow and be able to empower them in independence as they continue to grow. So a lot of those things uh, entail like just better cooperation and collaboration between the DSPs as a release is coming up. You know, there'll be extra editorial opportunities. And that's not just Spotify. That's not just Spotify playlists, although we do have somebody that's focusing on that area now. But it could be all the DSPs. You know, there's opportunities on Amazon. There's opportunities at uh, Pandora or YouTube Music. And so we're looking for all those opportunities and, um, and just trying to work with the artist to help them reach their goals and help them maintain their independence. And from someone like myself who comes from the label side, there's departments at record companies that do this. So the, the artists don't necessarily need to know what's there, but in an independent situation, you don't know what you don't know. And Correct. a lot of times they're like, man, I need a label because of this. And I'm like, well, not really because CD Baby does that. Or, you know, I really needed this. And I'm like, who's your distributor? Because I know CD Baby does that. And I found myself a lot saying, well, CD Baby does that. CD Baby does that. Now, for those of you that might be new to this thing or just kind of finding me on the podcast, CD Baby was designed when the digital service providers said you need an aggregator in order to upload your music to our platforms. They didn't want every independent artist with a GarageBand MP3 file just throwing this thing up on their platform. They wanted to be, there to be some consistency. And there were just so many of them. Derek Sivers comes along and creates this company that says, we will be that person that will get your music on every digital platform that it's available to be on for a price. And then all these other companies started popping up over and over and over again. A lot of people have come along and, oh, we can do it cheaper and we can do this and we can do that. And I'm like, sometimes you need to be careful what it is that you pay for. So, with, <laughs> And I've, I've experienced that from being a person who consumes digital products, who goes out and, and purchases certain things. I realized a long time ago, cheaper is not necessarily always better. And one of the things that I said to someone one time is I said, have you ever tried getting that other company on the phone? And they paused for a second. I said, have you ever tried going in and having to change something in a timely manner and not been able to do that? Because for me, I was just and I'm guilty as charged, I would always try to find the least expensive mm -hmm. because I always felt that I could get more bang for my buck because I had more bucks to spend until I realized that I put value on my time. And when someone is out there monitoring for you because they also have a financial interest, that's when things changed for me because someone came to me one time and they're like, yeah, but CD Baby will take a percentage. I said, Yes, but only on what they collect. So let me ask you this. If they can find <laughs> dollars that you did not know existed, 
would you be willing to give them 15 cents for every dollar that they go find that you didn't even know to ask that person and they pause for a second? I'm like, that's the point that I'm trying to make. So let's talk a little bit about what sets CD Baby apart. Yeah. And by the way, it's only nine cents per dollar. Nine cents. There you go. <laughs> See? On the publishing side, nine cents? Is that how it no, works? No, on the publishing side, it's 15%. But okay. on digital distribution, it's, it's yeah. 9%. And I was talking about the publishing side. Oh, yeah. yeah, those are, yeah. A, that's a whole pile of money that a lot of people don't know that if you don't check the right boxes, that money sits out there uncollected and the rich get richer. It goes yep. to the people that knew how to do the process in the first time. So nine cents on a download or and 15 cents on the publishing but the bottom line is is that these are services in my opinion that no one else can match from my yeah. observations in working with you guys yeah i think uh the one thing that's been very obvious to us is that anyone can create a website claiming to do anything yes they can say they do all these things and uh and it's not that hard to push files to services What's incredibly hard, and this is usually the point where uh, a distribution service pops up and about a year in when they really have to start figuring out how to pay artists, they come to us and ask us to take their catalog from them because getting you paid is incredibly difficult. And we have a full team that's, that's all they do. And it seems like, well, Amazon and Apple and Spotify just send money and a report and it's like, these reports have to match accounts. They, there's stuff that's mismatched. We go through and make sure that you get paid. Other people just throw their hands up and go, I, I can't figure this out. I don't want to right. do work. We're out of here. And that's probably what you're saying. Us having a financial interest in the artist getting paid means we are very motivated to hire people, to do the work, to make sure you are getting the most money for your music. Uh, a perfect example of that is we have an in-house YouTube team that is uh, making sure that everybody that's opted into mu uh, YouTube monetization through, uh, you know, when they sign up, that their tracks are actually being monetized. What happens is a lot of distributors will say, yeah, we'll do that. And then they use a third party or they have no financial interest and all your tracks are just sitting in conflict. Someone else is claiming them that doesn't have the right to, or there's some, you know, the content ID isn't perfect. So there's nobody checking it to make sure that it's all clean. We have a team doing that. So we actually um, are making sure you're monetized. And I'm, they don't let us say the rates, but with some partners, we actually get, get you paid more than you would with somebody else. No, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. I mean, so, and it's unfortunate that we can't, you know, all those contracts, they say you can't disclose this, but right. uh, there are situations where you actually will uh, make more money uh, through us and you will with others and you know we're we're the only independent distributor that is the top tier preferred provider from apple music and uh spotify and there's two new ones that are about to be announced where we'll be the only ones that means that we are doing the work behind the scenes to ensure that your music is merchandised on those platforms properly and the way they want to ensure that your music's there doesn't get taken down isn't hard to find and that, uh, you know, there's nothing in the getting in between you and your fans. And, and that's right. the important thing. So let's talk about the difference between CD Baby and CD Baby Pro. So you guys launched Pro a couple years ago. You started adding all these additional features that 
in my opinion, allowed independent artists to be pro. It was great that you guys called it CD Baby Pro, but these were services that normally you would only find if you were signed to a record company, be it an independent record company that had major distribution or one of the major labels. So what are some of those features that people might not know are available and what are the advantages of being a CD Baby Pro member versus somebody that goes, oh, I just throw my stuff up on CD Baby and they don't even know about this whole box yeah. of tools that's available yeah. to them. Well, uh, the, when, you, when you select the CD Baby Pro option, it comes with uh, publishing administration, but underneath that umbrella, there's multiple things we do for you. The first one uh, that's very key is that we ensure your songs are properly registered with collection societies around the world, which uh, a lot of artists will go and register themselves as a writer with ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, or their, their whatever, whatever region around the world. Right. Yeah. Yep. They'll do that and they won't give them any information about their songs. So there's nothing to collect because they don't know who wrote the songs or they don't know your songs exist. So we make sure that the societies uh, all around the world have that information so they know who to pay. That's uh, step number one. Uh, number two is we, we collect those royalties, publishing royalties on your behalf um, because uh, a lot of artists think that their performing rights organization uh, like ASCAP or BMI collects publishing money for them, which they do not. They collect performance the writers, royalties for yeah, you the share. as the songwriter. They do not collect mechanical royalties. They are not your publisher. So we act as your publisher. You, you maintain all your rights in, in control, but we act as your publisher and you give us admin rights to go and collect those publishing royalties. So what that amounts to um, is like on Spotify, for every $5 you make uh, off of streaming revenue, there's about additional $1 of mechanical royalties and publishing money that we collect for you. And if you don't have a publishing admin, you, you're just not gonna be able to collect it. Well, and that's and what so that money people just don't understand. Pay, yeah, they yeah, just eventually gets paid out to whoever and, and you lose out on that. Well, and all major publishing companies have an administration arm and they charge a percentage on the admin. Outside of just your publishing, they also yeah. charge on the admin. One of the big misconceptions is is people will say things like, well, CD Baby takes my publishing. They don't take your publishing, they represent your publishing. Yeah. There's a big difference. Unless you sign your publishing, and I don't even think you guys have an arm that you sign publishing rights away from people. Uh, all, all you do is you sign a, a thing saying that you give us permission administration rights for one year. I mean, if you came to us and said, I need to leave, we'd let you go. But the reason there's a one-year term is because publishing money is so slow. It's, you have to get out stuff out there to get it back. So we just ask for that so we have time to do the work. But you retain rights. You can, you know, we're not here to own anything. We're just here right. to help. You own your catalog. It's the same clarification I had to make when, you know, fans were going, you know, Big Machine stole Taylor's music. And I'm like, no, they don't. They didn't steal her music. She still owns a writer's portion. She still owns whatever deal she has with Sony ATV. They paid for the master recording. They own the master recording. Yeah. It's like they, no one's stealing anybody's music and no one's taking ownership of everything. And, and, and if you're an artist that said that, 
respectfully, you're just miseducated. You're yeah. misguided on, on the way that the business is. There's, there's certain, on the mechanical side, correct me if I'm wrong, most people aren't just sending artist checks on the mechanical side because they happen to know that it's you. Someone needs to be on the yeah, receiving end of that, an entity. There has to be a publishing entity. They, they, they don't, uh, you can't go to them as a songwriter and say, hey, pay me my publishing portion. I own the song and the composition. They won't do that. There's well, some places where they might, and in some territories, you know, you might have listeners around the world. Some yeah, territories, their, their society can operate in that way. But in most places, you have to have a publishing entity uh, in order to collect that money. Definitely for anyone based in the U.S. and uh, where probably a lot of your listeners are, they, you just can't go do that. And you, honestly, you don't want to. <laughs> it's not, you don't want it. <laughs> it's not fun work. It's no. it's going to waste a lot of your time. And you're not going to get anywhere because we have the leverage of a big catalog. It's our publishing administration services powered through Song Trust. It's they're a sister company of ours now yep. under the Downtown Music Publishing. Uh, we've we've got a lot of clout. We can make people pay us. And on that so, subject, go to songtrust.com, and I will make sure that we link that in the show notes. If you want the most. Uh, the easiest explain explanation of publishing that I've ever seen. They've just updated their new publishing directory, their, their, their download. You can go to their website for free, songtrust.com, download that publishing guide. It is the easiest to understand. It's a very complicated issue, but every time your song is played, it's owed money. And I would rather have someone who understands who to collect it from. I would rather have someone who's built relationships in all the various territories. By the way, how many of you guys speak Mandarin and Chinese? Because now <laughs> your songs are being able to be streamed. And you're one of the first companies that's now offering that as mm -hmm. one of your regions. It's like, you don't want that headache. Hell, I can't get half of you guys to post on your Instagram feed, much less go out and try <laughs> to collect all your publishing money. So you just let the professionals do what it is that the professionals do. Something else that I think is super cool. And a lot of this information that we're talking about, guys, just go to cdbaby.com and you'll see a lot of these services. But the licensing of your music, I mean, at the last festival, uh, at the conference that we were at, there's a lot going on now in that whole sync world. You guys almost act as your own library that now music editors and supervisors can log on and hear CD baby artists music. And if it's metadata and keyword properly, they can search out songs of CD baby clients. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. When you sign up, you know, there's, there's a page where you can check a box saying, you know, you own your masters and, and the songs and you allow us to uh, pitch for sync on your behalf. And uh, we actually have a, a whole separate site. It's called cdbabylicensing.com. That is a site that uh, music supervisors use. And on there is all the tracks that are pre-cleared. And we've, been, we've got a couple people that are actually pitching for sync. And we have you know, music supervisors that kind of search passively through that as well. But uh, we've been getting a lot of sync placements for artists lately. We've gotten some big commercials recently a bunch of tracks in some Netflix shows. Um, and, you know, on average per month, there's probably about 10 or 15 placements 
we're getting in film and TV and commercials for artists. And, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, it's, you know, not a guarantee that it's going to happen, but we are actively, you know, scouring, scouring our catalog, looking for things that people are asking for. And uh, we've seen a lot of cool success stories and a lot of things that, uh, you know, that's interesting with our catalog is that, you know, people will come to us looking for very unique sounding sure. things. And so, you know, they know what they can get in the mainstream, but when they come to CD Baby, that's when they can uh, find stuff that sounds just as mainstream, but they can also find some stuff that is anywhere from quirky to wacky to, to just, um, you know, one, one HBO show licensed a bunch of tracks that we had in our catalog because they wanted music that was recorded in the 60s and we had someone's whole catalog and they, you know, they couldn't afford, you know, the birds and all these other sure. big name bands, but they had this very authentic music from the 60s and they used it, uh, I think it was like 10 times. It was like the whole show pretty much used that artist's music. So there's opportunities like that, that, you know, again, it's not guaranteed, but all you gotta do is check a box. Right, and, you don't have to do any additional yeah, work. Yeah. And, and if you wanna make sure, Another thing, guys, is that a lot of you make sure that you metadata and keyword your songs properly because music supervisors actually go to a music editor and the yeah. editor is the one who's going to type in romantic scene, song sounds like the 60s. And if you have keyword, they're going to start in the funnel and then they're going to get down to about 20 songs. Then they'll start yeah, listening yeah. to the music. But there's a lot of stuff that goes into it before it actually gets to that point. A lot of people... Talking about internet radio, you guys also have the radio airplay feature, which I think is super cool, uh, off of the, the CD Baby site where there's yeah. internet radio stations where you can get some feedback and things like that. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that, that's a partnership with, uh, we've had with them for a long time. That's an additional fee. That's, you know, that, that's just a, a referral that we have with them. But that's a, a, a site that allows you to, you know, it's a streaming service that allows you to get your music featured in front of listeners. We also have something similar uh, with our marketing platform, show.co, uh, where we have a new ad builder platform where you can run Spotify audio ads or you can run banner ads where you're getting your, your message and your you know, information about your release in front of music fans out there. So yeah, there's, there's different ways that you can promote your music and we're building a lot of tools in those areas. Well, here not now is something that I think is pretty cool because you can create like your own landing page for your music and it looks super professional. And it's like, if, if it's either you guys partner or buy, I think that's kind of the mode that you're in right yeah. now. It's like, if you're like, Hey, if we can't buy it, we'll go partner with yeah. someone that will also provide this additional service. And a lot of these tools that we're talking about right now, you and Chris Robley, as musicians have gone out and spent your own money and your own time and have kind of put them to the test. And what I respect is when they don't work, you come back and say they don't work. <laughs> and here's what you experienced. And yeah. that's why we're even having this conversation right now is because there's things that you've tried that you said, you know what, guys, I spent 500 bucks and I didn't really see anything out of it, you know, yeah. and there's still some things that need to be worked out. What are some things as an artist recently utilizing the tools that are also available to you as a musician that have really surprised you when you also put your music up through CD Baby? Like as far as uh, 
tools that we have that have surprised yeah, I mean, me. What or, have you had some success with for your own band? Well, I think one thing that's interesting, you mentioned here now, that's the uh, single release-based page uh, that, you know, we saw a trend a while ago where artists were no longer needing a full-fledged website, but you still need somewhere to point your fans to on the web, yeah. a single place like, this is my release. And so we created here now. Um, what's great about that is it has all the different stores, like digital stores, the main ones, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes gets broken out as a separate one, um, Amazon and, and, a, and a couple others like Deezer and YouTube Music. What's, what's so important about those things is that, you know, it's easy for artists to get fixated on everyone's talking about Spotify. There's playlists, so I'm going to focus on Spotify. But your fans may not be there. You and, found that out yourself yes. with Amazon, correct? Yes, yeah. That was the one thing that was surprising to me with one of our recent releases is that the number three button that people were clicking and not not a distant third it was a pretty close third was amazon and i never would have thought to link our fans to amazon and so those are the things where these tools are important for you to find out because um, you can't assume your fans are all at spotify because they're not it doesn't no. matter how big spotify gets someone else will be bigger in a few years and they'll be the next new thing and your fans are going to, we're so fractured now. It's never going to be, hey, I just send a link to buy a CD and iTunes and everybody's covered. That world is over. Um, so you got to be paying attention to those things about where your fans are because a lot of times your marketing can just not be working because you keep sending them a Spotify link and they're like, we're not at Spotify. <laughs> I just gonna... <laughs> had that conversation. I have a hip hop artist that I manage and he was complaining about the failure. And I said, well, what were your SoundCloud numbers like? And he goes, well, I didn't use SoundCloud. I said, it's the biggest platform for hip hop artists. Why aren't you on SoundCloud? You know, there's yeah. that's the whole reason why Spotify tried to let people upload stuff for free because they've wanted to try to get that underground community over yeah. inside of SoundCloud. It's like, let's make sure that your music is everywhere and you're fishing in the right ponds. Show.co, you talked about it a, a couple times. The, the Back to Spotify for a quick second, but that pre-save, that, that, yeah. that's a big thing right now. I mean, as far as getting the algorithm fired up, there's a lot that goes into that. Tell us a little bit about Show.co. Once again, you can find out all of this at cdbaby.com, but tell us about Show.co. Yeah, and if, if you're an artist and you want to get up, the, the tools are free. You just have to create a CD Baby account and go from your dashboard. It'll be free. If you go to show.co directly, it'll ask you to, to pay for it because um, we have a lot of major labels and management companies that use the, the tool as well, but we make them pay. But for artists, it's free, but you just got to go through the CD Baby dashboard to get it. Um, yeah, so this is a marketing platform. It does a lot of things. It creates quick landing pages around a very specific call to action. The number one campaign people are running these days is a Spotify pre-save. And uh, you know, Spotify follow is probably the second most popular campaign type. But um, what it does is it allows you to incentivize your fans to pre-save your album before it comes out of your song. And, and you mentioned it helps, you know, on day one when your album comes out and the algorithm sees all these people saving the track, that's helpful for you as it starts making recommendations and 
pushing it to release radar and discover weekly. It just is another data point for the system to know what, what is worth pushing over something else. Um, and what particular fans of artists are interested in and what releases are hot. So there, there's some other pre-save options out there in the world. The thing I like about ours is it allows you to incentivize your fans. So um, you can turn it into a contest. You can give them away, give away some free content that's gated behind that. Um, you can do a lot of things with it. Uh, because to me, if you don't have that incentive for your fans, Right. I don't think uh, the average fan is like, uh, you know, the experience is that there's not, there's not scarcity on release day. You're sure. not going to run out. At, so if you're wanting them to get excited and pre-save it, helping along the way, like using it, give away some t-shirts or some unreleased content, that tool allows you to do it seamlessly. And because uh, it, it, it'll redirect anywhere you want or you can leave a message and you can do a lot of things with it. Also too, is I think that, as, as you as artists need to understand is that if you don't have an audience yet, a lot of these features aren't going to work for you because you're Correct. asking strangers to do these things. Now, those of you that do have an audience and you do what I teach, you show up often and you tell them, explain to them why you need them to do this. Explain to them why it's important. What I think sometimes is that artists just assume that their fans are going to figure this stuff out on their own. And I think the yeah. artist that has the best relationship, I mean, Taylor did it better than anyone. Hey guys, I need you to go vote for me here at this link yeah. right now because of this. So don't yeah. be afraid. Don't think that you're losing your cool by asking someone to do something. Too often, yeah. I think you guys trip over your egos and don't realize that we're all vying for their attention. You're not the only artist that they follow. Uh, mm -hmm. unless it's your mom. Uh, and, but <laughs> you, you need to guide them on what it is that you need them to do. Help, get excited and show them the process on why you're doing it and why this is important. Because if you have done the right things in building that relationship, they want to support you. I said this at the conference. It's like, newsflash, the internet won. For the foreseeable future, no one has to pay for your products. They get to consume your goods at no cost to them. So when they invest, they invest in the relationship. And I think a lot of times, at least for the artists that I'm working with right now, I want their fans to know how hard the artist is working. I don't want their fans to think this is just easy and you randomly. I want them to see what this artist is going through to continue to provide music that has an impact on their lives. And if you share that with them, they're more apt to help you in these situations. One thing I want to address, and nothing is off limits, but what is the biggest misnomer uh, or something that people <clears throat> say about CD Baby that is just absolutely not true or false? Because I find myself defending a lot. <laughs> and I want to hear from you because you're from what is it that other people may be saying about you guys that's just absolutely not true? And then I'll encourage everyone to go do their own homework. Uh, well, there's uh, a couple things. I mean, since we've been around for so long, we've been around for 21 years. Uh, whenever you've been around that long, it, I find this happens. My band has been around for 21 years as well. You have people that discover you back at the beginning and they have a hard time getting beyond what you were back then. So people that discovered us back in the beginning think, oh, they just sell CDs. 
uh, no, that we do still distribute CDs for artists, but that is a very small piece of what we do now. Um, really, you know, what we have turned into is a total, you know, for us, we want to help artists monetize their music in any way possible. And so going back to uh, what you were, you mentioned kind of earlier that, yeah, we do take 9% and there's other people that will really, uh, you know, trash talk us that have different models saying that they don't take any money. And honestly, like you said, to me, it's just when you've got money, someone needs to go collect money for you. You want the, the collection agent to be that motivated to collect yeah. your money. So to me, I've looked like years ago, uh, I looked at using another distributor that with that model. And at the end of the day, I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pay an annual fee because the, the, the beauty about music and especially to where we are now is that um, you never know when success is going to happen. There's no uh, release dates just don't matter. And right. so we see artists all the time where their music's been out for two years and uh, not a lot's happened. Then suddenly they get a sync placement or uh, something starts connecting or they get on a playlist and suddenly they've got all this revenue and, and, uh, and lots of activity. And with distributors with other models that do like annual fees, I talked to so many artists that after a year or two when they haven't had any success, they're like, I'm pulling the catalog down, you know, because it starts to get expensive. And I'm like, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. The best thing you can do as an artist is build a gigantic catalog because every song is a new entry point into your music from sure. somewhere. And the more entry points you have and the more different songs you have and the bigger catalog you have, the better your chances of success and building an audience and making money from your music. And so I think that a lot of people initially think, oh, that costs, they take no money and no, no revenue, but it's an annual fee. And it's like, I want those people to see uh, me as a partner. I want them to be a partner in my success as an artist. I don't want them to look at me like the more I engage with them, I'm just adding cost to what they do. I want them right. to see like, hey, I want to help you because when you win, we all win and we all want to win. So let's do it together. Well, and I also think what's super important to understand is that, and, and this is an outsider, I do not work for CD Baby, I am not paid <laughs> by CD Baby, but they're able to add opportunities because of the fact that they're collecting money. They are reinvesting back yeah. in all of you. You just can't magically start a department and not pay people if you've already collected 20 bucks from somebody for the year and there's no other for source of revenue or anything that comes in. So the fact that you guys keep in investing it back in the company, I appreciate the fact that you do the conference the way that you do. I appreciate the fact that we can get you on the phone. I appreciate the fact that I can reach out to one of your departments and say, Hey, I have these two artists. One's already got a song on, you know, FIFA world cup and they're getting all this activity. And now I just helped them build their Bandzoogle site and I want them to sign up with CD Baby Pro because I think there's money that wasn't mm -hmm. being administered properly. Uh, and this one particular artist, which is funny, uh, has part of their catalog signed to Downtown Music Publishing. So how <laughs> coincidental was that, yeah, that there's yeah. this relationship? And then there's this next guy that's got a half a million Facebook fans and 400 YouTube subscribers. He, isn't, he can't just go pay 
20 bucks a year and throw up his music and get the same kind of impact that he could have by going and partnering. I love that word that you use with his distribution and marketing partner like CD baby. And people will say to me, yeah, Rick, but there's this, this, and this great, go try it. Let me know how it works for you. This is where I'm pointing my folks because if they want to treat themselves like a business, they need to partner with people that in my opinion, have the best business model for independent artists. Quick question that came up the other night on one of my coaching calls. And I, I, I said, well, shit, I'm talking to Kevin. I'll be able to ask him this. <laughs> if someone already, and I'm going to use TuneCore as an example, just because that's what was brought up. If they've got a couple songs with TuneCore and they want to now start releasing music with CD Baby, they are allowed to do that. It's just one distribution, two distribution companies can't represent the same song. Correct. Is that correct? Did I say that correct. correctly? The, I would, the only thing I would say is the same release. Because the same release. Yes. Okay, so yes. with the same ID, with the same unique ID correct. and everything, because then you got two people trying to collect money. Yeah, yeah. And what happens uh, eventually, if you do that, things will eventually go into conflict and they'll kind of freeze and so they say, hey, we don't know who owns the rights to this. When you guys figure it out, let us know so we can make sure that the money goes to the right person. Okay. So you definitely, uh, you can, yes, you can have multiple distributors. You just can't have multiple distributors distributing the same piece of content. So, so if someone said, Rick, I have these five songs that have been, I distributed years ago with TuneCore and there's really nothing happening. Can they move songs over to another distributor? Yes, you can. Is that an easy yeah. process or is that just, it's more, probably more of a conversation that needs to happen or is there a place on the form that they click or? Uh, we get that question a lot, but I go okay. to that, the, uh, you know, their model is an annual fee and 50 bucks an album. And, you know, if you've got 10 albums, five albums, that annual fee starts to be a big bill if you're not uh, making a decent amount of money off those albums. So, um, we see a lot of people ask that. So what we typically do is we say, sign it up with us, submit it for distribution. And then once you know it's starting to go out, go and immediately pull it down from TuneCore and then they'll minimize the, the overlap. Um, so and, that's uh, just somebody logging into their account and pulling it down. You, you will have to use a new UPC code, but you can use the same ISRC codes. Okay. Uh, and, and the and ISRC just codes. spoke a foreign language to most of us, <laughs> but just get a hold of them. They'll help you out. Uh, one is for tracking online and one is for tracking for sales, I think. Uh, well, the, the ISRC codes will preserve your stream counts. Got you it. use the same ISRC codes. So it won't clear it? No. It'll, once it pops back up, it'll, it'll have the same stream counts it had before. Got it. Anything in parting that you want to say, share, uh, any, it's, it's your last <laughs> minute, whatever, whatever you want to share with us. Uh, well, you know, head over to cdbaby.com and get started. We have a podcast as well, the DIY musician podcast. Yep. And, uh, actually in a, a upcoming episode, we're going to feature, uh, your talk about Instagram from our conference and, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, you know, I'm on, I'm at K Bruner on Instagram and Twitter and all those places, I'm always happy to talk to And artists. he does work. Even though you're going to see pictures of him in like all these different countries, it's usually work-related that he's it, in. It, it's work. Companies. It is. I, I, 
Just because I'm in a foreign country doesn't no, mean I can't. No, I think can't. it's fantastic. <laughs> I had to ask him one time. I saw him on like this bodyboard, and it was like, I'm like, that, okay, where is that? Because I just saw that was like at in home. Austria or something. He goes, no, I'm back. This is at the house. That was at home. Yeah, I live near a lake, so that was at home. Awesome, um, man. Hey, uh, upcoming uh, at the. This is coming out here real soon. Uh, DIY Europe again. Where are you guys going? Yeah, Has that we're, been announced. I, it. We haven't officially announced it yet, but. We have been partnering with Berkeley College of Music. They have a campus in Valencia, Spain, and we've been doing a version of the DIY Musician Conference there. It's much smaller and more intimate, but it's still an amazing experience. Uh, it has, the last two years, it was in April. This year, it's gonna be the last weekend in May. So it's gonna be May 30th and 31st. So uh, you can mark your calendars for that. And the DIY Musician Conference here in the States is gonna be in Austin again. August 28th through 30th. Good. And if you guys missed this, all this information is also at cdbaby.com. Yeah. Dude, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll connect sooner rather than later, uh, all right. I hope. And uh, when's yep. the next time you're in Nashville? Anytime soon? I don't know. Hopefully sometime soon. But I don't know. Nothing scheduled yet. I've got, I've got a, I'll be in Atlanta. We're, our band is doing a run of dates in Atlanta and Florida in December. So I'll be out that way, but uh, I don't know if I'll get to Nashville until the new year. All right. Well, we'll figure it out one way or the other. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. Hey guys, uh, all the information that we talked about, all the links, you'll find them in the show notes and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Ciao. If you feel that having a manager is what is needed in your career, if you think that is what is missing, I invite you to head on over to managemymusiccareer.com. That's managemymusiccareer.com. Take the Am I Ready for a Manager assessment, and also you'll get invited to a free manager training where I talk about what it is that a manager does, when you should look for a manager, what to expect from your manager, and I'll even break the big myth of what everyone thinks is really happening inside the music business. Just head over to managemymusiccareer.com. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.